This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is Monday, the 12th day of June 2023, and I am back refreshed, relaxed, healthy from a, about a one-week vacation to sunny Tampa, Florida, Ron DeSantis country. Had a great time visiting with family and friends and uh, catching up. We've got a lot to talk about since I went five days without a program. I think that's probably a record here for the Truth Hurts program. But you probably needed a short respite, a vacation from hearing me. But I'm back. Let's talk this morning about cow farts, shall we? The people for the eating of tasty animals, PETA, they don't like the fact that we eat cows or drink their milk or allow cows to fart and supposedly pollute our atmosphere. But cows are one of God's creatures. God gave mankind the use of all of the land, all of the plants, all of the fish, and all of the animals. It's right there in the good book. Before I get too deep into this, I watched an episode of The Matrix with Keanu Reeves when Agent Smith went on this rampage, this rant about mankind being a virus. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease. A cancer of this planet. You are a plague. And we are the cure. I hate this place, this zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it, I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. Every time I do, I fear that I've somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive. Isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key. My key. Every time I watch The Matrix and watch the sequels to The Matrix, I always seem to focus on that particular segment where Agent Smith tells Morpheus that mankind is a virus and that the virus must be eradicated. This is honestly the way people like PETA and the Democratic Political Party feel, first and foremost, about Republicans, about carnivores, you know, folks who like a good steak or a good hamburger once in a while, as if somehow man is a virus and is spreading and populating the earth, which is true, that's what we've been put here to do, and how we use and abuse the resources, and that too may be true. But we have come such a long way in our existence on this planet. We have sustainable farming 
everything we use to feed our population is renewable, and we have come a long way in controlling the output of so-called greenhouse gases. But my friends, that doesn't stop the morons on the left from trying to blame you going to a hamburger joint for the ills of mankind, because those people are somehow vegan. Cow farts, the culprit of climate change? I think not. So what is New York City, the largest city in the United States of America's answer? First, of course, kill all the cows, make everyone eat tofu, or option two, kill all the red state MAGA hat-wearing Trump-supporting Republicans, especially those who dare to consume beef, pork, chicken, and other animals. This way, if you kill half of the U.S. population that identifies as conservative or Republican, you have fewer humans to pollute, and you'll have a smaller need to breed cows. This to me sounds like the Marvel comic book Thanos moment coming to fruition. According to an article in the publication The Cooldown, Robert Guerra writes, I'm going to embellish upon his actual writing, so if you hear terms like Blafrican American, you'll know that those are words I inserted. New York City's Blafrican American Democratic Party mayor, Eric Adams, has promised to bring down the city's harmful pollution levels caused by... You think he's talking about cars and trains and buses and manufacturing? No, 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 no. He's talking about the food sector with a particular focus on meat. Recently released, manufactured, made-up information shows that supposedly 20% of the alleged planet-warming gases have been produced by the food industry. This actually reads, the planet-warming gases produced by the city come from the food industry's production and consumption. For comparison, they claim that transportation produces 22% of the city's carbon pollution, while 34% comes from buildings, and 33% comes from meat, wonderful meat. The moronic mayor of New York, according to the New York Daily News, claims his plan will reduce the city government's food-related carbon emissions by 33% in the next seven years, with an eye, of course, on the largest culprit, meat. Adams recently said, according to the Daily News, quote, Food impacts everything. It impacts our physical health, our mental health, our way of life. And today, we are saying to New Yorkers, and really to the globe, that it impacts our planet. Unquote. The alleged environmental impact of meat goes well beyond New York City, of course. On a global scale, according to some estimates, the meat industry represents 18% of the human-generated gases that are supposedly heating the planet, and most of those gases come in the form of methane, the gas that warms the Earth more efficiently than carbon. Another so-called environmental issue, allegedly tied to meat production, is the fact that it takes an enormous amount of land to produce food, and roaming, grazing space for farmed animals. Animal agriculture is the main driver of the Amazon rainforest deforestation, according to this article. We all know that that is a lie. Deforestation comes from man cutting down trees to build buildings. They claim the cattle industry is the largest killer of the Amazon rainforest. 
Amazon. Isn't that over in Blafrica? You know, Black Africa, the motherland for the Blafrican American, where we supposedly went over there and rounded them up and dragged them here in chains to make them slaves. But the fact is, they rounded up their own people and sold their own people into slavery. But that's a story for another day. Animal agriculture, they claim, is the cause of global warming. Imagine that. They bitch and whine and piss and moan and complain about taking up all of the land for human residential use, for commercial residential use, for commercial industrial use. But when it comes to allowing animals to simply use the land, you know, to eat grass and such, they bitch about that too. It is because they have no leg to stand on that they keep coming up with these lies. When it comes to the idiotic notion that mankind can somehow adversely affect the global temperatures on planet Earth, reality should win. Fact should be king. Data should be the proof. But instead, they push lie after lie after lie to try and somehow convince the more ignorant half of America that it is man who is destroying our precious atmosphere and causing temperatures to increase. Whether it be the lie of a new ice age that they tried to market to Americans in the 1980s and 1990s, or the lie of global warming that they've tried to market us from the early 2000s, to the new, now adjustable lie of so-called man-caused climate change, the fact still remains that man has actually little or nothing to do with the changes here on our planet. We are just tiny little specks of dust on a gigantic 24,000 mile around ball that spins in space while orbiting a gigantic gaseous ball of plasma and flame at the center of our solar system. You've seen it. It's the sun. I personally think many Democrats have spent way too much time staring at the sun and now they are blinded by the light. The center of our human existence revolves around that sun. The center of our planet is filled with a superheated magma. It pops out once in a while like a hot pimple in the form of a volcano from time to time. As the shifting tectonic plates underneath the soil continue to shift and create heat and move things around beneath our feet, sometimes large emissions of ash and gases go into our atmosphere. And this has a much greater effect than your F-250. Trust me, there's a reason the dinosaurs are extinct. The planets, especially Earth, orbit around the sun, and those orbits are affected by the gigantic magnetic fields of all the planets in relation to their orbit around the sun. Sometimes the Earth orbits a little closer to the sun because some of the other planets might be in their path and creating the magnetic field that draws the Earth slightly closer to the sun. Do you know what happens when you get closer to a heat source? Oh, you are geniuses. The temperature increases. At some point in our existence, as we travel around the sun every year, and that's what a year is, one revolution, one trip around the sun, sometimes in our path around the sun, sometimes for years, sometimes for decades, and sometimes for centuries, as the other planets closer to the sun and those farther away from the sun 
place their exact magnetic force, their gravitational force upon our orbit, we sometimes orbit our sun a little bit farther away. And can you guess what that means? That's right, our temperatures become cooler. Also, that sun is not a 100% constant. The temperature of our sun is not exact all the time. You've heard of solar flares, right? Sometimes our sun goes into different periods of existence, of evolution. I don't want to get into all of that. That is very technical stuff that I would bore you to death with if I wasted your time listening to it. Sometimes we're closer to the sun, the temperatures rise. Sometimes we're farther from the sun, the temperatures decrease. And we have actual scientific evidence of this. Millions of years ago, the volcanoes erupted with much more force, spewing more ash into the atmosphere, which caused the so-called greenhouse gases to adversely affect temperatures. Dinosaurs, much larger than the lowly cows, well, they farted and they burped and they died and they rotted and methane and other gases rose into the atmosphere. This was long before man was even a thought. Yet, there are scientific clues which prove this to be true. I could go into detail about the giant fern fossils that prove there was more carbon pollution and methane pollution millions of years ago, but it would bore you to death and probably fall upon deaf ears. The climate liars have a taller stump, however, to shout about their lies. They have the media to spout the lies and the dumb Democrats to rile up the dumber half of our population with virtually no scientific data, no actual figures, no actual proof of their lies. But one thing the Democrats and the climate nuts have, they have big mouths and media outlets. So they use them constantly. And as I say over and over again, the more you hear the lie, the more likely you are to begin to believe the lie to chip away at reality. Recently, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy was grilling a Biden administration official, Mr. David Turk, who happens to be the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Energy. Turk was on Capitol Hill trying to convince Congress to allocate $50 trillion to supposedly tackle the lie of man-caused climate change. I could go into great detail and specificity but I'd rather you hear it for yourself because John Kennedy is a master at sounding like a backwoods country hick while maintaining a level of absolute genius in his manner of extracting truth or exposing lies from the morons in our Biden administration. Take a listen to this exchange. It's about a minute and I think you'll enjoy it. If we spent $50 trillion to become carbon neutral by 2050 in the United States of America, how how much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem, so we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, countries. is it going to reduce so world we're temperatures? So we're 13% of global emissions. You don't know, right do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global emissions. If you know, why won't you we tell went, me? If we went to zero, that would be 13%. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion and you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the deputy secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money, and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? There. Or you won't tell me? You know, but you won't? 
In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell me how much it's the going US to reduce. You, you can't tell me. Either that or you won't. Listening to David Turk made me think about Alejandro Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, when he was asked by John Kennedy a while back about how many millions of illegal migrants are crossing all Alejandro could say was, you have to understand this is a systemic problem. You have to this, you have to that. I'm going to say this and that. He would never answer the question. And that comes directly out of the Democrat Party playbook. I could go on and on about this, folks, but we have to talk about something that, according to the 13% hyphenated American community, is much more important than our existence on the planet and our survival. It is, of course, the lie of systemic racism. Second-rate actor Marlon Wayans of the Wayans Brothers fame is accusing United Airlines of racism and classism after he was dragged off a flight about his baggage. Marlon Wayans and United Airlines are at odds over an incident that occurred at Denver International Airport last week on Friday. In a series of Instagram posts, the 50-year-old Wayans, washed-up actor, claims that a gate agent told him he had one too many bags to board his flight and it escalated to him getting a citation. Wayans wrote, I complied and consolidated them, and he was like, oh, now you have to check that bag. Most agents are always love, but every now and then, you come across bad people. This was one of them. United, of course, responded in a statement to the USA Today by saying, a customer who had been told he would have to gate check his bag instead pushed past a United employee at the jet bridge and attempted to board the aircraft. That's illegal, Marlon Wayans. And you notice United Airlines was proper and accurate in just saying that you were a customer. You're no one special. You have to follow the rules like everyone else. Wayans was given a ticket from the Denver Police Department for disturbing the police, but he was released. He wasn't beaten down, and he wasn't put on his neck. He couldn't yell, I can't breathe! I can't breathe! He simply got a ticket. He is expected to return to Denver on July 11th to answer for the charges in court. He countered on social media that he had not physically interacted with the gate agent. He said, Yes, a ticket. That's all they could give me. Dude tried to lie and say I assaulted him. The video clearly show I never touched him. He was desperate to try and have some authority. The agent was clearly picking on me. He asked me to consolidate my bags and I complied. I grabbed my ticket off the counter and I got on the plane. As a result of the incident, Mr. Wayans missed a stand-up comedy show in Kansas City, Missouri. He is claiming in one of his posts that United owes him money for lost income. Y'all owe me money for my shows I miss. Y'all owe me for my troubles. Y'all owe my fans a damn apology. This was the highest level of disrespect and should have been averted. Black people experience all kinds of racism and classism. I won't allow this over a bag. On Saturday, he alleged in a video that United's corporate line contacted him and defended the gate agent, which they should. The gate agent did his or her job says there was no more room on the aircraft, period. Follow the rules, and then you won't have problems. Try and play the race card, you just prove that you are an inferior idiot, trying to use the color of your skin 
to get away with something. This is the Truth Hurts program. According to Business Insider, Uncle Sam wants migrants. Because they're facing shortages, military recruiters are now trading citizenship for service. The U.S. Army and Navy are facing a severe recruitment shortfall, and U.S. military recruiters are targeting immigrants to fill the ranks, offering a path to citizenship as part of their marketing. You heard me correctly. The U.S. military is now relying on current recruits with immigration backgrounds. Last week, an immigrant named Esmita Spudes Bidari says she dreamed of being in the military, but it wasn't an option in her country of Nepal. So last week, she raised her right hand and took the oath to join the U.S. Army Reserves, thanks to a recruiter in Dallas who is also from Nepal. He reached out to her through an online group. This woman is heading to basic training in August and is the latest in a growing number of migrants enlisting in the U.S. military. But struggling to overcome recruiting shortfalls, the Army and the Air Force are now bolstering their marketing to entice people who are not citizens of the United States to enlist in our Army. And I personally think that is a very dangerous precedent to begin. We'll go from the illegal immigrant issue to the LGBTQIA joke. According to the Stock Dork website, Ace Vincent writes, Florida high school faces backlash over their yearbook spread and is now forced to offer reprints and refunds to the offended normal people from the high school. Lyman High School faced criticism from parents who deemed one of the yearbook's two-page spreads was inappropriate. It included a list of different sexualities and LGBTQ related terms, and it offered definitions of terms like pansexual, aromantic, gender-fluid, non-binary, and transgender. Many parents expressed concerns because these definitions are not age-appropriate. Remember, there are children as young as 13 in the high schools of America. Some parents in the Seminole County chapter of Moms for Liberty stated that the sexual definition should not be included in a school yearbook that is meant for students of multiple ages. The spread is not relevant to school activities, to clubs, sports, or academics. One parent said that these terms and definitions are not appropriate for children. In response to the controversy, the Seminole County School Superintendent announced that families could receive a new edition of the yearbook without the offensive spread. The school district offered this option and allowed families to request refunds and obtain reprints without the queer content. The goal, of course, to address the concerns raised by parents and to ensure resolution for those who found, rightfully, that the LGBTQ information was offensive and objectionable, not to mention disgusting and perverse. While some parents claim to support the right and decision to remove that content, Others believe that it is an unacceptable sign of bigotry. The former yearbook advisor at the school expressed disappointment stating that the removal is giving in to bigotry. My thought is, putting that queer crap in the book is giving in to a very small minority who only seeks attention for themselves. The controversy surrounding Lyman High School's yearbook reflects the broader debate in our nation over legislation. You know, the Florida Parental Rights and Education Law, that they inaccurately called the Don't Say Gay Bill. The law has faced criticism for restricting discussions about sexuality and gender in early education as young as kindergarten, and that is the right thing to do. You should never allow any person other than mom and dad to discuss sexuality, sex, and reproduction to a kindergarten child. 
a first grader, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grader, high schooler. The controversy surrounding this yearbook at Lyman High School has led to the refunds and reprints being offered to address those rightful parental concerns. The school's response reflects the challenges faced in navigating the disgusting issue of LGBTQ issues in our school system. There are only two genders. That's a fact. I mentioned at the onset of today's program that I returned from a, about a week of vacation in Tampa, Florida. I thought Louisiana drivers were bad. I thought drivers in the Beltway in Washington, D.C. were bad. I thought Houston and Dallas and Atlanta drivers were bad. After spending a few days driving in and around the Tampa, Florida area this weekend, I now feel that I am fully qualified and deserve a racing license. Not just NASCAR, not just to make left turns around a circle. Any idiot can do that, just ask Bubba Wallace. No, I'm talking about Grand Prix circuitry. I'm talking about Isle of Man type stuff. There are groups of people in Florida on the highways that should not have a license, and that is those, of course, really, really old people who decide to hang out in the left lane and do the speed limit or below. Some of them think they're doing it to control the flow of traffic. All they're doing is enraging the road ragers. And it is actually illegal to cruise in the left lane. Even in Louisiana, there are signs posted that say, left lane for passing. It's illegal to just cruise in the left lane. Get over, pass someone, then get back in the right lane. Get the hell out of my way. You're not a cop. It's not your job to control my speed. That's what the red and blue lights on the top of the police cars are intended to do. Not you, Mr. Octogenarian Prius driver with a self-righteous, I'm going to slow down the world mentality. So if you're driving down the highway in any city, any state, and you see someone cruising along in the left lane, it is customary and acceptable to flash your headlights once or twice. Hopefully they'll get the hint and move over. But be careful. Don't do it too closely. They might slam on the brakes and you will find yourself on the business end of a lawsuit. Driving slowly in the passing lane, and that's what the left lane is called, the passing lane, on interstate highways causes crashes each and every day. Driving slowly might get you rear-ended. You can't pass on the right legally in some states. So what is a person to do? I guess you could pick up the phone and dial 911, but the cops have better things to do than to try and catch up to you and see some moron in the left lane. Finally today, a female cyclist who was defeated by a transgender, you know, a man pretending to be a woman, dared to speak out after the race. She says, I feel a separate category would be appropriate. Controversy surrounding bicycling's Belgian waffle race in North Carolina on Saturday, a trans woman, which means a dude with a penis pretending to be a woman, came out victorious in the women's division of the grueling 131-mile race through the Blue Ridge Mountains. Austin Killips, who rides under nice bikes, finished the tough multi-surface race in 8 hours, 28 minutes, and 7 seconds to win the race. Coming in second place was a real female, Paige Onweller. She, who can be called she, finished four minutes behind Killips. Ms. Onweller discussed the controversy that surrounded Killips crossing the finish line first with a positive message for cycling. She said, For those following women's road cycling, you are aware of the UCI rule that this is currently allowed. 
Rather than sharing my personal opinions about the UCI rule, I think it's most important to recognize that all athletes, no matter how they identify, should have a space to compete and race. Underneath all the helmets is a face and a person who deserves respect, dignity, and a safe place to ride bikes. In the future, I feel a separate category is appropriate. But event promoters are also learning what is best to preserve both female cycling while creating an inclusive space for all to ride. These things will take time and space to evolve. I've got an idea. I have a bicycle, it's a mountain bike. I'm thinking though next week of entering my motorcycle in a bicycle race. Put the old Kawasaki Ninja to its paces on a bicycling track because I can tell them my motorcycle identifies as a bicycle. Do you think that would fly? If that sounds ridiculous, it is the same thing as a man claiming to be a woman using his dominant muscular strength and stamina to beat a group of real women and then claim the trophy. Yes, I think I will enter the Ninja next week in a bicycling competition. And I might just take a Mustang GT out to the next soapbox derby in Ohio and compete a 680 horsepower Mustang against little kids going downhill in a soapbox race. I'll just say that my Mustang identifies as a soapbox car. Ridiculous? Maybe not. It's just how the transgender community wants to be identified, so why not? Folks, I have run slap out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a magnificent Monday, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved.